check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Welcome to Red Storm Chasers. I'm Vincent here with Craig and Nick. On this episode, we're joined by St. John's Athletic Director, Mike Craig. Mike, how's it going? It is going great. It's a fun, busy time in St. John's Athletics and St. John's Basketball. So it's great to see the Red Storm Chasers. You chased me down. <laughs> For sure. I, you know, congratulations on the hire. Uh, you know, it was great. I know as, as St. John's fans, everyone was excited and hopeful that, you know, Rick Pitino would, would be the choice and, and it, it came to fruition. So I think in St. John's world, everyone's ecstatic. So how did, how did we get here? How did we end up with Rick Pitino as our coach? Well, I think it starts with the basics. He was interested and, and we were interested. So, you know, uh, the marriage uh, began and obviously after his season was over and after our season was over that courtship began in in formal terms and it was exciting and you know for full credit in our world to father shanley had a previous relationship with coach patino and um you know through their providence days and through their history and so you know it's everything in in life is about relationships and I think this is a case of another one where there were a lot of relationships before and during and now great new ones being formed and a great partnership. And so I'm excited to be working with Rick and helping him however we can to build a great basketball program. And as you mentioned, uh, you know, the world is excited and um, and it starts with me and our and our whole university and our, our leadership team. So you talked about obviously the the courtship starting obviously Iona where he was previous was in the tournament they played UConn if you kind of lay out the timeline of you know how how it worked out from that time they obviously finished their season it was a quick turnaround it was a, it was a Friday to Tuesday so if you kind of walk through that process a little bit in terms of how that timeline laid out yeah I mean for for us obviously we did a lot of research um, when it was the right time. Uh, following our season and and you know through those conversation conversations like I said Father Shanley was at the helm and um, you know really put in place the opportunity to have Rick on campus and to be able to talk to him about um, what is here and what our vision for our basketball program and our university is Um, Father Shanley and he um, had a conversation not in person prior to that and so, you know, it, it was all fast, obviously. And um, part of it was that, you know, I don't want to speak for Rick, but he wanted to see what St. John's, you know, is ready to do, wants to do, you know, again, that vision. And then what do we have in place to start? And so that was a pretty lengthy process on, you know, after their loss and prior to the announcement. And, you know, again, not to put any words in anybody's mouth, but I, I think there was mutual interest before that. And it was just a matter of that coming together, as you would expect. And, you know, you you guys know me well, you know how we've looked at um, our St. John's basketball program and what we thought the potential we have. And now with a Hall of Fame coach and a proven winning coach and the developer of young men, um, we feel more bullish than ever that big things are ahead and you know me I've never felt like we couldn't do that here and and so certainly now Rick feels that same way and um, it's exciting and obviously Father Shanley's felt that same way for his two years here and so you have to have that alignment from top to bottom and um, throughout the organization and so that's really where my focus is now is how do we support a championship level program, which we've talked about for four years. And I fully expect that's where we're headed. So you talked about how instrumental Father Shanley has been. And obviously this is your second time around searching for a coach here at St. John's. Rick Pitino was available last time, uh, but obviously we, we didn't go with him as the choice. Was Father Shanley that instrumental in making the decision this time to get Rick Pitino or was it just that last time around Rick wasn't the best fit at the time yeah I think it's always about fit and so I don't think it's any one person or one circumstance it was just timing is everything in life and so I feel you know for 
gosh, so many different ways. But in, in this specific thing, I think this is the time, the place. It's a perfect fit. And so it's not about what was or who before four years ago. It's a matter of for right now, our focus is on this is the perfect fit. And we could not be more thrilled and excited. And and again, not to put words in his mouth, but I feel this, that he feels the same way. I think he's expressed that well from press conference on and his actions on. And so it's a great time for not only St. John's, but I, I feel for all of New York. I mean, New York City. I mean, it's, you know, we were... I think I had four, you know, three straight days in at MSG last week, and you know, being in Penn Station and around around Manhattan, that you know, wearing St. John's brought a different response. I'll be honest with you; I've only been here four years in the city, but I've had more people yell and know my name and say they're excited and go Johnnies than other than walking into an arena. Um, but certainly in the off season. Um, I, it's, people are excited. So it's pretty cool. So I have to say the timing couldn't have worked out better, right? We got the sweet 16, the elite eight, obviously being hosted by St. John's at the garden. Right. Uh, everyone's there for that big announcement press conference on Tuesday. Uh, I think the timing was just masterfully done. So, uh, kudos for that. That was, uh, I think that certainly helped build the story. Uh, yeah. and, and, you know, it was, it was the lead on ESPN. It was the, you know, the news story for the week leading yeah. into the Sweet 16, which I think was great. But going back a little bit, what makes Rick Pitino the right coach for this moment in St. John's history? Yeah, well, you know, what I think is the number one thing is he's a proven winner. And I think to be relevant in New York City, in the Big East, is you have to win. And and you, preferably you win big, not just win. And he has proven that time and time and time again in his career you know, at every level, at every institution. And so that's the number one thing. The number two thing, I think what makes it perfect timing is that his development and belief in, in young, young people is something that I feel very strongly about and was around a program for many, many years. And that was the landmark of, of that program. And it's the landmark of Rick's programs throughout. You know, as now I've gotten to learn more in the last week and see the evidence of, you know, his history come forward, you know, his former players and um, colleagues and friends, extremely loyal, extremely believe in him. And, and we needed that leadership and that type of leader for St. John's. And because we believe that this is a place that has, is on a trajectory up as a university. And that's what that's what a basketball program can do and an athletic department can do at any school in the country. I'm sure if you ask Florida Atlantic right now, they're feeling a surge and feeling good about their university. And as you described last week in the announcement, that alone, you know, so many stories and three of you probably experienced it of talking to your friends that maybe you hadn't talked to for, you know, years, your college roommate that you text, but now you talked you know, hey, how do I get tickets? Hey, I'm going to make plans for a weekend in Manhattan next year. I mean, it just happened over and over again. And so I think for for me personally, um, why I know it's right is because that's everything that we've talked about wanting to do is, is exactly that. And that we knew the extreme importance of a basketball, well-run basketball program at a high winning level what it could do for a university. That's what I came here to hopefully be a part of and to help lead towards that. And, you know, I just know that it takes a proven winner that knows New York and understands the complexities of being a high profile individual, in this case, coach in New York, that um, is going to transcend all of the hurdles that we have. And, you know, we have hurdles and we're going to figure it out. Um, and we have work to do, and we're going to figure it out. All the things we already knew before, we know now, but now I think there's a, a different path to getting there, a quicker path, if you will, and that's extremely exciting, and so that's why it's the perfect fit. Um, you know, it, it's there's just so many, so many great things ahead. Yeah, New York City is really hurting for a really good basketball team, so <laughs> it's a perfect opportunity for Patino to come in and change that for us. 
Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny you say hurting. I went to a Knicks game. I hadn't been for a while and on a Tuesday night against Charlotte and jam packed entertainment going crazy premium pricing. It's hard to say they're hurting. <laughs> and right. You were on a nine game winning streak at the time and they That's ended up in that game, but your point's well taken. Uh, we'll just say college basketball team. They're, they're craving it. And I think we've seen that already in this week that people are craving that, you know, it's a New York thing. And so here we are. We're excited. The media increase has been massive. The response has been so positive. Has that translated to boosters as well? I mean, I know there's been some reports that, you know, Mike Rapoli's been back in the fold and things like that. Have we seen kind of an increase in terms of our booster interest since the announcement? Well, I'll give you the, you know, this is our now where it's our job is how do we maximize the opportunity? And so we have a, a high profile, successful coach. And so how do we as an athletic department and a university make the most of this? And so in this, you mentioned it at the press conference. So what did we do? We went and made sure that it was a big show as you mentioned, at the Chase uh, um, Lounge or uh, lobby area. Um, we had billboards on Times Square. We've got more billboards coming around Interstate 95, around Tri-State area. Um, you know, we've got, anyway, a lot of a marketing campaign coming around that. We had our season ticket deposits uh, for new season ticket holders um, already in place on Monday afternoon when we made the announcement. I haven't gotten today's update, but the first week we had over 650 new accounts wow. um, deposited. And you don't have to do the math to know that's a big surge for us. And so, and then I got a report from the bookstore. Um, merch sales are up 71% from this time a year ago. And so we have a big meeting here with Learfield, our multimedia partners. And so all of these things are on us to capitalize, to monetize, to promote the story. And the story is we have a great coach that's leading St. John's and we have a great university that's doing great things. Um, and we want more people to join that and see this as a place for their sons and daughters and nephews and nieces and grandkids to come to school and, you know, have the best of Queens and the best of New York and best of education, Catholic Vincentian background. And so that's our job. And that's what's exciting. I gave you some numbers that show that people are already responding and we'll have a lot more ahead. Yeah, those numbers are absolutely spectacular. It's great to see. I mean, it is a great move. It was a great move. And it's good to see that the splash from it uh, is, you know, essentially what it should be, right? Essentially what we hoped it would be. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, shifting gears a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, NIL is obviously now at the forefront of all college basketball, college sports, really. Obviously, you know, we've we've heard now from you the numbers about the increases. What are we doing as a university to kind of push, you know, more NIL, NIL opportunities for student-athletes? So, um, you know, as you might know, we've had a, a collective um, formed about nine months, almost a year ago now with um, a gentleman named Vin Ochani, who is a, a double grad of St. John's uh, Law. Um, he and his partners have put together a great effort, basically raised their hand and said, how can I help? I think this is a way I, we, we can help. And so now in our world of third parties, collectives, NIL, name, image, likeness, you know, we have a lot of programming, education, branding, financial services available to all of our student athletes, not just men's and women's basketball. But on top of that, then the uh, forming of a collective as a third party, which we can now promote. And so we've actually spent many months from, again, the top of the university on um, making sure that our donors, our supporters understood the importance of not only NIL and what it means to have a robust program, but also our, you know, our future and our vision for what the basketball programs should look like when it comes to facilities and operations, et cetera. Um, and so, you know, as you would guess, there's been a lot of interest. 
you know, I, I feel very confident that in the next month or so, you'll see more collectives with a plural emerge. Um, and they'll all have the same intent that Vin and his group and Storm Marketing, which we will continue to promote and excited about and have done great things to get us here, um, will also be coming on board to show their, you know, heart. And their heart is that how can we help St. John's basketball? And the the key to this is that that's just what it is. And so it's very important and we're very bullish on it that there's great opportunity in New York City, in a high-profile program with a high-profile coach with professional aspirations, that um, we can match that and exceed that so we can have the very best of talent that our coaches want to have here be a part of that committed um, program. And um, so it's exciting. And, you know, Coach Patino and the staff, they, they, they know what they're doing. And so that's exciting for, for all of us, too. So I, I got to ask you too, I know there was an article in the New York Post about uh, Mike Repley coming back in the fold and, um, you know, wanting to be more involved and he's friendly, he is apparently friendly with, with Coach Patino. I don't, I don't know why you talked, you talked about collectives popping up and stuff like that. Has that, as you have you spoken to him, is that interesting? He's obviously a huge figure in the sense that he's been very successful and he's very, um, he's a fan of St. John's and he went to St. John's, so. Well, I mean, I've I read the article, obviously, like everybody else. I thought that was very positive for recruiting and for our basketball program. You know, when I came here now a little over four years ago, I mean, Mike was the first person I called. I don't think I've been shy about sharing that. And he gave me and the athletic department um, my first big gift here in the fundraising development since. And we've stayed in touch over the years. And obviously he's had some things to say publicly about the university that we can agree to disagree on some things, but I can tell you that, you know, privately we've kept in touch over the years and, and, you know, I fully expect, and he's made it known publicly that he plans to support uh, coach Patino and the program and, and our athletic department. And so, It'll be um, nice to see Mike back. And, you know, he doesn't live here in New York anymore. He's down in, in Florida. Um, so, but we've stayed friendly over the years and um, it's exciting. And it's certainly a part of, you know, the support of a basketball program is a collective and and the ability to have NIL opportunities um, to for the student athletes to be able to use their name image likeness to monetize. Um, and so... Like I said, we've been bullish on that from day one. He's certainly not alone. And we've had, like I said, we've spent months with a number of donors and people. And so you mentioned him, he has a high profile, but there's many others that are excited about helping just like Vin started, you know, the collective of store marketing a year ago. So obviously with Rick Patino, there's a lot more, I guess you call it outside noise, things like a post article about, you know, donors and stuff like that how do you deal with the i guess not baggage but extra exterior elements that come with a big figure like patino well for me personally i was at another school for 31 years and i think you've heard of duke university and coach k and once, so once or twice yeah so i think i've hit pretty much high profile i've told some of my friends i think I'm now good for about 2000 career wins in college basketball. <laughs> and, um, so for me, I mean, really we've been in different circles, but in the same building, um, most famously Rick and I were in the same building in 1992 for the Duke Kentucky game and Christian Leitner shot. We had different reactions to that game. Um, for sure. But, but we've been together apart in the same realm for many, many years and so his high profile is what we wanted to create here. I mean, now we have it. So I would not ever use the word baggage. I would, I would use it as attention and part of the brand now of St. John's and his, you know, his great winning record and all the things he's done for college basketball. I mean, there's not a better coach in the game itself today. Um, of active coaches, in my opinion. I mean, and seeing his energy level and his passion, I mean, he's got it. He's still got it. And so that's, that's not baggage. That's, 
that's claiming it as our own. And how do we, again, use that for the best of St. John's? And just like he's trying to figure out how do I use the best of St. John's to build this basketball program? And um, so, yes, it's going to come up, come with high profile. It's going to come with criticism. It's going to come with positive things. It's going to come with when we go into a opposing gym, it's going to be rabid and crazy. He's more than used to that. I'm more than used to that. It'll be an adjustment, honestly, for our people around our program. And I've started to try to help people in our department understand what that means. Um, and it doesn't mean that every day is easy. I can assure you that. Um, but when you win big, um, that's what happens. And so him getting that attention is because he's won big. Um, but not everybody likes it when somebody wins big. I, I got news. We we had a lot of people that didn't like Duke basketball, in case you didn't know. So yeah, I mean, not to Did say you know that, that? Not, to, not to say that we're some of the people who hated Duke basketball, but we may be some of the people who hated Duke basketball. Yeah, I get it. So I see here we are friendly. <laughs> That's it. It's actually just about uh, relationships and talking, and it's, it's all right. Times change for sure. Uh, certainly, you're on the good side now. Um, Thank you. I am. So, um, so facilities is obviously a big issue. Uh, we've spoken about it with you in the past. It, I mean, it came yep. up at the press conference. What are the plans or some of the plans to improve our current facilities and, you know, get them to a, to a place where, you know, we're on par with other teams in the, in the conference and across the country. Right. So, I mean, again, this is all the beauty of what we have talked about. And I'm sitting here at my conference room, looking at the, at, at a, um, promotional brochure that we, is not really public, but it's called a roadmap to 2030. And in it has our, the first step. And that was a new basketball practice facility using the core of our two courts and Tafner and how that can look. We've had plans in a silent phase. We've raised a lot of money, have a lot of money to raise. And then it requires some figuring out of what to do with um, with recreation sports here, which I, I would argue are under um, serving our student body and our faculty. And so it, it like most things, it's it has a step to take as far as strategic planning. And so we've been in the process of that for the last six months of what's the best uh, next step for student recreation um, and so we're not ready to announce something yet, um, but when we do, it's going to be great for St. John's, and this will be a part of it. So that's the number one thing, and we've said it before. It's the day-to-day -day living of our, our basketball players, men's and women's, and so being hyper-focused on that, that's where we're not competitive, you know, and that's the biggest thing. I mean, um, NIL and that day-to-day -day facility. And then the third thing is revenue generation. And you can make the argument that Karnaseka Arena is never going to be a big revenue generator. But as I said from the beginning, the real goal is not to how do you make that great, it's how to use what we have great and wanna be there more often. Well, guess what? I mean, now everything's reversed back again. When I first got here, it was like, let's go eight games in the garden. That's the brand. And it didn't work that well. I mean, we averaged mm -hmm. probably around six or 7,000 a game. And the financial, the business model suggests Mike Craig was really stupid. And so <laughs> that's you know what it is. And so now the new coach comes in and he knows we can fill an arena. And I believe we can fill an arena. Certainly we can find 190,000 alums here in the area to sure. fill up an arena a lot more often than we do. And so we're going to go right back to trying to figure out the schedule in year one to having more games in MSG. We were already going to go higher, um, but now, you know, we're ex accelerating that. We'll look at UBS as a possible, which we already had the first game in there with the big women's mm -hmm. game in there. Um, so we'll probably have some games in there. Um, it's, it's a good formula. It's one, it certainly looks a whole lot better on the balance sheet than, um, well, the most recent year was okay, but anyway, it's going to be better and, but you got to sell tickets. You got to win back to that timing and the right formula. You got to win. And so, so we're how to make Karnaseka better. You know, that's really not the focus. I mean, the focus is we've done some things to make it better. You know, with mm -hmm. the 
you know, anyway, we've done some things to make it better. And and it went well this year, but winning is going to make it even better. And I think it's going to be a better student experience. People are excited. So, you know, I expect we're going to be in capacity or over capacity in the games we play in Karnasaka. I think, you know, we can project a lot of games in in MSG and figure out, you know, I think we'll have certainly several sold out games. I think we'll be at a number high enough for every game to make it right. And, you know, coach said it, that the goal is to play every game in a high profile arena. I've had that same goal for a long time, but now everybody will listen. <laughs> well, that's and, good. I, you know, MSG is I have a coach a that place. can get it done. What's I, I apologize. What you no, say? you're good. I said MSG obviously is a special place and certainly, yeah. you know, putting that in the forefront, I think is great. Yeah. Carnesecca is great when it's packed, though. I have to I say, rock, rocking out games, Big East games in particular, uh, are great when they're at Carnesecca and it's sold out. What What is kind of the plan, obviously, if we're going to play more games at Madison Square Garden or UBS Arena? Um, what is how do, how do we make sure we get our students there more? Yeah, well, that's definitely a priority. You know, what's funny is we, we average more students and paying for tickets in MSG than we do in Carnesecca. So I'm actually not too worried about it. You know, we'll continue to provide shuttles. We'll have giveaways. You know, it's there's nothing like a Saturday or, well, we found out that Friday night game was great with Villanova this year. But having a Friday night in there, a Saturday afternoon, everybody stay around and, you know, enjoy the city that night. People coming in for the weekend, make a trip of it. Um, You know, we'll... These are all good problems to have. I'm I'm very confident we will figure out a way to get a lot of students involved. And it's been a concentrated effort from day one for us. And this doesn't, you know, let us off the hook. We're still going to figure out ways to promote and push and have our students be a big factor, you know, in our winning basketball. And because that makes a difference and it gets everybody hyped up. But the garden really hasn't been the problem as far as students getting there. Um, noon games across the country are tough, and we'll have noon games. I mean, the garden's a busy place, and so typically a Knicks or a Rangers game's at 7, and and we're in that noon slot. Um, maybe we'll be able to reverse that once in a while, and we'll have the night game. But, you know, it's I really like the Friday night. I hope we'll yeah. get one or two of those. Um you know, we'll just, we, we're already starting. I've already had meetings with MSG. And like I said, I was down there a bunch last week and, um, and we'll have a bunch of meetings here and it'll be a cooperative effort with the big East and figure out dates and availabilities over the next couple of months. That Friday night game at the, at the garden was, was great. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was a, a great atmosphere and it's Friday night. It's a great time. So any more of those we can have, it'd be, we're yeah. all for it. Let's just win them next time. We yeah, were right there. Well, for sure. That was the tough part. We had it all the stage was set. <laughs> yeah, that would be ideal. We just uh, we couldn't get over the hump that night. But um, yeah, I love the atmosphere. It was it was fun, and you know I think that's the buzz that New York City requires is that you've got to you've got to generate relevancy, and I think everything in the last week suggests that we are on the brink of that and in that now. Yeah. So obviously the Big East media deal uh, is coming to a close. Um, you know, how important uh, is that, is St. John's for that? Obviously, having Rick Pitino playing at the Garden, how big of a role do you think that, you know, pushes onto uh, something like that? Doesn't hurt. <laughs> you know, we'll, sure. we'll, yeah, we, we, you know, there's a lot of factors other than, you know, St. John's and Rick Pitino. But, I mean, obviously, we're a big part of the history of the Big East, um, New York is the media center of our country. And so arguably as strong as St. John's can be is better for all the Big East. Um, but the great thing about the Big East is now proven over time again this year that we're the very best of college basketball. And so it's not just one program, but us being prominent and having a prominent coach certainly helps. But here we are with 15 units and a final four team and another one, one point away that, you know, it's the big East is the very best. And so what we have to worry about is where does the best of college basketball land in the landscape of 
all of sports and all of college sports. And on obviously the, the, the truth is that college football drives the media uh, market. And so we've, we're a, a unique hybrid niche in a very complex world of uh, media and, and sports. And so we've got to see where the PAC 12 deal goes you know, we'll be in a position here in the next year or two in negotiating with Fox um, exclusively, and we'll see where they value us. We think we have great value, just like um, the league did 10 years ago. We've more than proven that this is the very best. And so if they're committed to college basketball and wanting it to be a part of their menu of sports throughout all the entire year, then then we're going to be in a strong position with them. And if they decide that's not their formula that they've already invested in other areas, then we'll we'll find a strong partner. I have no doubt about that. And but those days are ahead. And and I think to your question, we're in a stronger position now than we were a week ago. Yeah, I mean certainly, you know, unfortunately St. John's wasn't a part of it, but the the tournament has fared well for the Big East. Two teams into the Sweet 16, obviously one team into the final four, or two yeah. teams of the Elite Eight actually. Um so I do agree. I think it is a, a very, uh, you know, the best basketball there is. There is. Uh, and, it, and we're solely focused on that as the primary. That's what makes it unique, too. Even even for Rick, I mean, if you think about it, his last two stops at Kentucky and Louisville, obviously extremely visible, high-level basketball programs, but they still had football. And, and there is a difference when you are the only – primary sport and you know obviously our success in women's basketball also helps the profile of our school and i believe that as the men's basketball profile grows again that women's basketball will also grow again so it's perfect timing for them and then eventually all our sports all boats will rise yeah i think also to your point of being the sole sport basketball for most of this for all most all the schools in the big east uh it's really why the Big East tournament is so special and why that you really get to see that tournament environment is better than any of the tournaments across the country just because there's such buy-in from all of the fan bases because it's the main thing like you said yeah i'm i'm anxious to see us play for a couple days and um cut down the nets and raise the trophy and all those good things that's what we're hoping for Absolutely. A couple of, couple of tough last couple of years, a couple of tough games there that we uh, yep. almost were there, almost there. Yep. Yeah. Well, there's a, you know, there's a, just, it's been proven again, the NSA tournament. I mean, literally anybody in our conference can beat anybody. And here we are beating the best of the rest of the country. And so I don't feel like we're a, a long ways away when I see the talent level that we've had. And I know we'll have in the future, I, I believe we'll be competitive at the very best and be able to compete for a national championship. And to get there, you have to have luck on your side and you have to have good matchups and all of those things. There's no guarantees, but I think there is a guarantee that we have a coach that knows how to navigate that and can put us at the very best possibility of winning. And, and that's all you can do there. There's, like I said, once you get to the NSA tournament, a one and done environment that they're just you have to have good fortune and a good day and then you advance yeah absolutely uh talking about the league as a whole uh, kind of in this environment you know teams moving around sec getting bigger the big 10 getting bigger any uh any rumblings of expansion for the big east i know there's been some teams that people have talked about but obviously you know i think any um conference has to always be evaluating you know, with their TV partners and with their leadership, the right fit, you know, football is definitely driven realignment and conference um, affiliation for the last 20 years or 15 years. I don't think that will change as far as the main impetus. Um, but as a basketball centric um, conference, you know, the same thing rules apply that, you know, our commissioner Val Ackerman's among the very best. She's always evaluating with the athletic directors and presidents, you know, what may or may not be a right fit and the timing of such. Um, so, you know, I think that's the best way to put it. There's no pending announcements or anything like that, but I can tell you that she's very aware and in tune and always um, helping, you know, well, not helping. She leads our conference, helps all of us be better leaders and, 
and you know very um, aware of the climate and the and the world we live in. So obviously we're talking a little bit about bigger things. I'll ask you one more question before we let you go. Sure. Um, what what do you think about the Georgetown hiring or stealing away? I guess of Ed Cooley from Providence. Well, you know, I'll be honest with you. People have asked me that, and I've been been so funnel focused, um, and I think rightfully so, that I do know about it. I watched his press conference. I will say that we had a a bigger show of a press conference for sure. Um, that doesn't make it better or not. I'm not judging, but I really liked ours. It does and, make it a little bit better. Yeah, say. and I think it played well in New York. And Coach Patino was terrific, and. And having Val Ackerman there and, you know, all of our partners at MSG. And anyway, I think we we did that. We pulled off a great, great day for all of St. John's. Um, but to your question, you know, I think it's it's a different landscape and time that, you know, in this day and age of transfer freely and the transfer portal and this day and age of NIL and the monetization of athletes um, for for their own um, family and, and self, which I'm a proponent of. Um, I think anything can happen. And, and in this case, it has. Um, you know, I don't have any comparisons. Maybe there's been some, because I really, I truly have not, I've not gone behind the scenes. I know that there's some hurt feelings between the two schools. I have, you know, reached out to, you know, my colleague and peer at, at, at Providence, I could see the hurt in his, some of his video stuff. And I feel for Steve. And, and so, you know, at the end of the day, all of this world that's, you know, podcasting, social media, you have to remember, these are real people. And, and that's what, when you're in it and the kids are real and the families are real and, you know, you just, you try to be compassionate and understanding. And obviously there's some hurt feelings in there. And I, you know, to me, what, you know, we talked about it a little bit later, earlier, I mean, um, as far as like when we go on the road next year and, you know, we'll have, we'll bring out passion um, maybe differently than in the years that I've been here, but I've been around extremely passionate anti fan bases of the school I was at um, that Ed Cooley will have, it'll be different, um, you know, mentally for him, um, you know, he probably hasn't gone there fully cause they're in it, but when he's on the road next year in the big East, it won't be just one school that will really go after him. For sure. Um, and he's always been, and I, and I love Ed. I mean, he's a great ambassador for our league. He's fun to be around. He's very smart. He cares about others. I think he's terrific. I, I'm so for me. I'm glad he's still in the Big East. I'll say that. Um, but I think because he's been so well liked and loved by so many and been so great for our league, he doesn't wear that role anymore. I mean that he will not be seen universally like that, and that's tough. I mean, and you know that's what I said earlier. For Rick, he's he's used to that. He thrives in it. Obviously, he loves the challenge of that. He prepares his teams for that. It's not for everyone. And so Ed will have a times where it's going to feel very hard and and mentally challenging of all of the hate coming his way. And he's still the same guy. Right. And so yeah, that'll I, play out in public. It'll be tough. For sure. And I, you know, it, it was an interesting move, certainly. Uh, and not to to rub it in, but I thought it was great that they announced in the morning and we announced shortly after and Rick Pitino was all over the headlines everywhere and the, his story got buried a little bit. We I took a little joy in that. I got to be honest. Right. It was uh, well, you, know, we, you have to work with him. I win the press it. conference. So in your eyes, we won the press conference. Sure, I would sure. agree with you. Um, but you know what? We're going to win big where it counts too. And um, that I'll have even more joy in that. For sure. Absolutely. Well, uh, thanks for coming on, Mike. We really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. Well, we appreciate all the efforts you guys have done year round and, and um, giving people and our fans insights into the fandom of St. John's basketball and all of your stuff for all, all the years. And I'm glad you're enjoying where we are today and, and uh, keep spreading the good word and keep spreading the word on how to support St. John's athletics tickets and our red white club and just keep getting involved. We'll do our best. Thank you. Thank Absolutely. you.
All right, guys. So some interesting stuff there from Mike for sure. Yeah. Um, we'll get into your, you know, what, what your guys' main takeaway is. I'll give you my main takeaway here to start, though. Uh, I thought it was really interesting to hear the process of getting Patino. I mean, obviously, it was talked about. It was hyped up as if it was going to happen, and and to see that, you know, obviously Father Shanley had a relationship, and and you know, uh, Mike talked about how he's been in the same, you know, not necessarily in the same circle, but in the same building. Uh, in you know, metaphorically as Rick Pitino for a, a while. And, um, you know, I thought it was cool that all of that kind of came together. And that's how we came away with Rick Pitino. So, guys, what are your main takeaways? Uh, Tim, we'll start with you. From getting to listen to the interview, Craig brought up talking about his relationship with Rapoli, that he never lost the connection with them. They had disagreements, but at a certain point, agree, disagree, and he brought him in with Patino. And talking about the other boosters that do uh, give money to the school and the other people that are possibly going to be starting up new NIL collectives, which he's bringing up. No, we haven't heard anything yet, so but apparently he knows that there might be some more NIL collectives to bring up. So that is more NIL money to go to the young men on our team. Yeah. And I thought it was great to see how big of a boost we already got right off the bat, just from getting Patino, right? Increase in interest, increase in sales, increase in, you know, everything you want. 650 new season tickets on the first day. I mean, that's incredible. It's, you know, it's, it's really crazy to see the impact that he's had and, and the media impact, right? I mean, Mike talked about that as well. You know, it, 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 he, Mike Craig spent a lot of time at Duke, right? Where it's, you know, it's, it's certainly big media. It's, you know, they had coach K, they were one of the blue blood programs of college basketball yeah. um, to see him kind of react in a, you know, I felt very much at home here, uh, you know, to this reaction, I thought was great because it, it shows that we're certainly headed in the right path. I also thought it was interesting how he compared to like Duke where he's like, we would go into arenas and people would hate us. Uh, I thought it was interesting saying that when we go, we now we're going to have a new kind of energy when we go into buildings that we may not have had before with Patino. I think that was an interesting parallel he drew. I think yeah. that's a hundred percent true too. We're definitely going to have a little more swagger oh, yeah, than sure. we used to. And a little more heat, right? A little more people sure. are going to want to get us. A little more of a target, even though we haven't won that much recently. Yeah, I think it's it's certainly a bit of a change. So, Nick, what's your main takeaway from this interview? So, my main takeaway would be um, that he talked about, I mean, facilities, which he always talked about, but more specifically that he was talking about um, combi- using the two courts that they have in Tafner, which I, I think he meant the two sides, meaning the rec side and the the, the basketball side of it, rather than the – because there's two courts on actually both sides of, of the thing. Um, so, my guess is he was talking about doing that, which I, it was interesting and good to hear that they've already been – um, fundraising for that and that they're you know looking to do that which means they're probably also looking to put rec somewhere else if they're going to make that entire facility basketball which is kind of good and like he said like it was under it is underserved a little bit um i mean the basketball was always fun uh there's always a lot of people who play basketball for like rec basketball in, in the league uh softball a little bit at least when i was there i don't know if that's still true anymore um and the softball but other than that like i didn't really know anybody who played any other rec or volleyball Bible. Those are the only three. I don't see. I don't even know if there are any others. I thought it was really nice that he, you know, obviously as the athletic director, you have a lot of responsibilities, but it was nice to see that he cared about even the rec sports, right? Even yeah. seeing that the rec sports were underserving the the student body, which is, you know, obviously, it's a part of his job that is not in the forefront of our minds for sure, uh, but it's certainly you know some element of his job and. I thought it was it was cool to see that, you know, although obviously we're thinking basketball all the time and and how can we improve our facilities for that? Uh, he has a bigger picture in mind. So I think, uh, I think also for facilities, I think it's interesting that they moved away a little bit. Well, last time I talked to him at facilities, I talked about maximizing Karnaseka. And now with Rotino, the focus is more on shifting that kind of stuff to MSG, UBS, to the bigger arenas and getting to maximize that and really focusing on the players day-to-day here but not really so much the revenue generating like you talked about i mean i, I think yeah i think that's it's a guarantee it makes sense. that we're gonna make a huge shift i mean i know he said we're, we're already making a shift 
Yeah. You know, I my guess is that's going to be a massive shift to Madison Square Garden. I'd be shocked. I think next year we probably play. I don't know. A lot. Probably eight. I, I, probably probably eight. eight. I would say probably eight. And I think the next year after that, I'd be surprised if we play a Big East game in Madison in in Carneseca. You know what I mean? Two yeah. years, second year of Patino, I'd be shocked if we played a, a Big East game at at Carneseca. Wow, how sweet would that be? Especially for us who live in well, New Jersey, I, it, it, if we're it, if we're packing them in, right? Well, we got yeah, we got to sell well. I mean, What's we have it, to yeah. win. He 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 made a very. That's what he was saying. He made, he made six. We had six thousand, seven thousand people. That's yeah. the size of Carneseca that we get in MSG. We 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 have to win. So, I and I think he made a good point of that. Winning is all about. It's all about. We all know so, that. Well, fortunately, we'll get to see exactly how it plays out. So, Craig, what was your main takeaway? Uh, my main takeaway was I thought the Ed Cooley answer was interesting. I I didn't know how he would take on that. I mean, obviously, he's been busy, so he wasn't really super focused on it. But I thought just talking about how Ed Cooley went from a guy who was really well-liked in the Big East uh, to now really being a heel turn on that and, and being a guy that's not going to get a lot of love anywhere he goes in the Big East. And um, and I, th- you know, I just think it's it'll be an interesting dynamic next year on, on how that – that all plays out. Um, I thought some of the other biggie stuff he talked about, like the expansion stuff. I was, I was like kind of hoping he's gonna be like, oh yeah, by the way, we're gonna add Gonzaga at some point down the future, <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. But you know, that would have uh, been nice. You know, to throw it in there. But um, I think his answer has to do with the TV contract. I think obviously we talked about St. John's Georgetown being important to the league. Clearly, with Val Ackerman showing up at the press conference, St. John's making a big splash. That's been very important to the media rights deal of the Big East, which is important for the health of the league. New York uh, City, baby. And, yeah, I mean, it is. And Georgetown, St. John's being big, it, it, it no doubt raises the profile, raises the media profile. Um, and so I think that was interesting. Uh, I thought, you know, I was hoping to talk a little bit about expansion because I, I, I think there's going to be something because we just have to stay, stay on top of it, you know? We, we did have a good week, though. Money. He was, well, maybe not. I mean, I mean, we don't have to, but it doesn't hurt to. We had a great week, uh, a great tournament, to be honest, as a whole. Sure. Uh, so I could see where you would say, I don't know if we really need to add anybody. Maybe maybe this is enough. Uh, I don't know if we need to add anybody. I'm I think certainly we, we could add people, but I, I don't you know if it's absolutely necessary. I, I don't think do it's it necessary. It. Yeah, I no, I don't think it's necessary, it. but it, it wouldn't yeah. hurt. There uh, are some Craig, programs that wouldn't make sense. To Craig's point, I wouldn't do it just to do it, though. There are no, very yeah. few programs that would make sense. Yeah. Very few programs that would raise the profile of the basketball conference. Yeah. just Ones that don't have football. Well, I mean, yeah. But just right. to touch on the Ed Cooley thing, I I, I think he's hundred percent correct, and I I think your point's very well taken, Craig. This there's gonna it's it brings a little bit of spiciness back to the Big East, which I like, right? Yeah. A lot of people, and I mean, listen, I I never liked Ed Cooley, I didn't never like Georgetown. It's a great combo for me because now I can absolutely hate them. But yeah. there's gonna be a lot of people in a lot of gyms where he walks in. I mean, Providence, forget it, buy that ticket now. The Providence Georgetown that game, game is a wild circle. Um, but that you know, there's going to be a, even even you know Creighton, right? It's going to be well, you know, there's something about switching within your conference as a coach, right? Now, obviously, players are different. Although the David Jones, I'm sure, will tell you, uh, you know, certainly playing back at the Paul, he got a lot more heat than he would have got had he stayed. There's right. something about switching as a coach, though, and the way Ed Cooley did it that just I think is going to make it a very interesting season for sure, and clearly. Uh, you know, Mike Craig thinks that as well. I mean, Ed Cooley pretty much just went, divorced his wife, and walked to the next door neighbor's house and moved in with the new, yeah, yeah. new wife. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, yeah. That's, yeah, that's the equivalent of what happened. It's it's it was a it was an interesting choice. And then my man even saying divine providence brought me here as yeah. like in his opening line of his press conference. You got to be kidding me, man! He said that at the press conference in yeah. Georgia. He mm-hmm. said, "I'm Georgia, here by Georgia. divine providence," and I was like, "You got to be kidding me, bro." That's I mean, that's a that's a smack in the face. It's almost like he's trying to be the villain. Uh, yeah, it, it certainly feels like it. And I to tell you the truth, you know, I've been saying for years he's a villain, but no one would listen to me. Every <laughs> tell you what a great guy Ed Cooley is. I promised you he was not a great guy, and he showed that full yeah. full colors right now. And Ed, Ed Cooley was talking to all the Georgetown coaches, had a towel with in his hand. I was like, "You're not John Thompson. Calm down." Yeah, for sure. Right. And you're talking to coaches that are actually have more victories, more championships than you do. So <laughs> very true. Different sports, but uh, it's I, 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 championships. I, yeah. I bet the swimming coach has more championships than you do. <laughs> so obviously there's been a lot of action going on. And I say action in terms of recruiting. We talked, you know, the last show about 
Finzone and Stanley entering the portal. Uh, they're still there. Uh, no one else has entered the portal yet, which is nice to hear. Uh, some more offers have been made and some more visits as well. Uh, I think this team, this coaching team, I should say, or coaching staff, has really jumped out to a great start. Well, that key words, which you said right there, coaching team, they are a team. They're going out in waves. Patino's out there. Mazzello's out there. Van Macon's out there. The staff is moving as one. It's it's pretty much like the past two breakdowns where we had Matt A did everything for Mullen. At the beginning, Cleveland was doing a lot. Then it was Van Macon took it almost all over and then shoes in his last year with us started to help and jump in recruiting, but Van Macon was the main guy. It seems like it's more of a team effort in their recruiting base, and I, I really do like seeing that. We did just have Patino and uh, Steve go over and see. They did a double visit down, over in Boston. They went to see uh, Nick Timberlake, who's with Towson, uh, and then they went to see Chris Ledlam, who's with Harvard. So they did those two visits. Then on April 6th, they will have the MAAC Player of the Year, Walter Clayton Jr., who played for Patino at, at Iona. He'll That'd be visiting. Be yeah, he'll be visiting on April 6th. He's down to us in Florida. And Florida's never going to bring back Billy Donovan, so why even bother choosing that school? <laughs> and then on top of that, TJ Bamba has decided to transfer from Washington State. It's another New York City kid that – has interest in St. John's. So got a lot of moves happening in the past it's couple of great to see hours. Kinda, it's great to see a focus on New York kids, I think. But Well, uh, all right. That'll do it for this episode. Uh, for Craig, Tim, and Nick, I'm Vincent. Go Johnnies. Keep chasing.